Hello there and welcome to May Fight Club. Yours truly, Manny G. Talking about Cage Warriors 157 Stanton vs. Webb Part 2 coming up this Friday afternoon. If you're a West Coaster, heck, if you're just in Colorado somewhere, middle of the country, you're watching this around breakfast time. Yeah, this comes on at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday. That's 9.30 a.m. Western Coast Time pacific time out there in california it's a full card some names you'll recognize if you follow the cage warriors scene there's a title on the line in the main event between stanton and webb they are fighting for a second time that's why it's part two little factoid this event is being held at the o2 confines the o2 arena which has multiple sections of it same location of ufc fight night aspinall versus tybura the following night if you're in London this weekend and you're a fan of MMA, it's like the perfect storm. So for those people who are tuning in on Friday, it's a warm-up, almost like a uh, appetizer for Saturday. The big one for UFC Fight Night, Aspinall versus Tybura. But let's stay focused here on Cage Wars. We'll go through each fight with you guys one at a time. Not a deep dive. Ain't going to lie to you. Ain't gonna fake the funk and a nasty dunk, but I will give you some information about each fighter. Some of it's pretty obvious stuff. Some of it you could probably deduce from just looking at their tapology, right? A few guys we have seen before, though, and we kind of have a little bit more of a library of knowledge about them. We'll share with you what we have. And again, each fight, one fight at a time. We'll start prelims, work our way all the way up to the main card, and I will give you some betting tips along the way. Should be noted, this is coming up on 12, 12.30 p.m. Eastern on Friday. From a betting perspective, it's going to get tight. Here's what I mean. Our tip sheet will probably come out sometime on Thursday for this. Thursday afternoon. Reason being is the lines aren't out yet. This event's being held on Friday. This is being recorded on Wednesday. <laughs> you know, it's a matter of hours and time. And unfortunately, these, these Cage Warriors cards one championships cage warriors uh, cards like that the lines don't come out until sometimes 24 hours before the event it's not like ufc where we have lines weeks heck you got them months in advance for the big fights right okay without further ado let's jump into this card and i will also pull up a little graphic here so it's 21st this friday will be broadcast on the UFC Fight Pass system. So if you have UFC Fight Pass, you're covered. If not, you're you might miss out on this thing. Again, being held in London, 15 total bouts. And it says you're indigo at the O2. If you're from that part of the world, you you know what that means. I compare it to like looking at uh, MSG in New York City. So Madison Square Garden is a huge arena where the Knicks play, but with inside of that they have other venues. And I use the comparison like the PFL has had events at the Hulu Theater in MSG, whereas UFC's like sold out the actual like, you know, the garden. So I guess the formality, nonetheless, again, still same location and uh, 15 total bouts. Let's scroll down here and look at the first fight in the car, which is going to be Tom Creasy versus Ander. Not you want to say Andrew, you just want to say it, but it's Ander Sanchez flyweight bout. 
125 pounders. And we like Tom Creasy here. Let me pull up my notes. We like Tom Creasy by decision. That is our prediction. Um, Creasy's 4-1 overall. You've got Sanchez at 2-1. Neither guy has a ton of professional experience. Though I will say that when you have guys like this, definitely worth a look-see in their background to see like, hey, have these guys had any amateur experience, any kickboxing, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. I got too many screens going on here. I apologize. <laughs> All right. So for Tom Creasy, he goes by the boom. He is 4-1 overall at the United Kingdom. So he will be, in essence, fighting on home territory. <clears throat> 31 years old in 11 months, so about to be 32. He's 5-7. So is his opponent. He's out of blood, sweat, and tears for his gym. For Ander Sanchez, he's 2-1 overall from Spain, 28 years old, a little bit younger. Again, same height out of MMA La Vega. All right, let me read to you some notes here I have in these two fighters. Creasy's making his Cage Warriors debut after fighting in ECMMA and Battle Arena. Ain't gonna lie to you, haven't heard of those promotions, but, you know, could be pretty good. Regional type of promotions, right? The only blemish on his record was a majority decision loss to Simone Deanna. Now, Creasy went 2-0 as an amateur before going pro 2016. This will mark his sixth pro fight. Again, not, not a ton of experience. He's lined around plus 160 for opening line for the opening line on him. You got Sanchez at minus 225. So Sanchez is the favorite, but we are going with Creasy here to win the fight by decision. Speaking of Sanchez, his record's a little misleading. So here we go. A guy who's got a two and one record, you're thinking, oh, not much experience. Look back at his amateur record. He's 10 and 1, right? So it's a little misleading, misleading there from his professional experience, right? Since turning pro last year, he wasted no time. He fought twice last year. This will be a second time this year. So averaging about two fights a year. He earned a few finishes over lower level opponents early in his career. That's kind of slowed down. That's typical moving up in caliber. I don't know that his his finishing ability that you've seen in those first few fights in his career, um, that that's going to like transition to the big boys right we'll see what happens we'll see what happens now in terms of the betting spots here's what we got for you guys the fight goes over 1.5 rounds creasy to win so it's a parlay piece and fight does not go the full distance not parlay piece i'm sorry at plus 160 play creasy straight up that's what i say parlay piece so let me repeat myself fight goes over 1.5 rounds creasy to win outright as a straight play and fight does not go the full distance. Lest me remind you that we have a newsletter where we detail our full tip sheet. Granted, we're in the midst of a three or four week losing streak. <laughs> well, at least for UFC events. It is what it is. It goes in cycles. We're going to bounce back with this weekend's UFC and Cage Warriors cards. I just have a feeling. Fingers crossed. Anyway, so for the bets for this fight, we're looking at the fight going over 1.5 rounds. Creasy to win and fight does not go the full distance those are our spots and again we're looking at tom creasy to win this fight by decision moving on next fight's going to be wesley machado at plus 175 versus jorge tanasa at minus 250 let me go ahead here and pull up these guys Let's see if i have the right screen here you know what i have to make sure i have the the right tab right uh, I, I need to go ahead here. You know what? Let me move this over here. So this way I know I'm not messing it up for future fights. All right. So Wesley Machado versus Jorge Tanasa, a featherweight bout, 145 pounders. 
Mr. Machado is three and three overall, Brazilian fighter, six foot one in height. You've got Tanasa at five eight, a little shorter out of BKK Fighters. 28 years old for Tanasa out of Romania. He's a very inexperienced fighter as well. Two, two, and one, just one less professional record compared to Mr. Machado. <clears throat> Let me look at my notes here. These two guys. We have Tanasa winning by submission. That is our prediction. He is the minus 250 lined favorite here. Let me double check one of my notes because I believe one of the fighters, yes. Even though we're choosing Tanasa to win, and he's favored to win two and a half to one favorite. He is the replacement fighter. Interesting, right? You don't usually see that. Tanasa by submission is our prediction. Both fighters have submission skills and they have good just overall good jiu-jitsu skills. This fight is likely to play out on the ground at some point. I think for the most part, it will be on the ground. We have no clue who has the better grappling, though. When you look at their resumes, you watch them fight. It's tough because they're fighting lower level opponents. But I would wager to say the person who has the better grappling, the better wrestling, they're the person, and maybe some cardio, right? Cardio advantage. That person likely wins this fight. But it's hard to tell. The price tag here on Tanasa, a little surprising. I I would have thought, again, replacement. You know, if you like Machado and take a shot at a dog, I, I get you. And so, uh, but we're on Tanasa. Tanasa by submission. So the betting spots we like for this fight are going to be the fight ends by submission which means either side, both guys have good submission ability and they have submissions on their resume, of course. The over 1.5 rounds and Tanasa as a parlay piece. A lot of confidence here in Jorge Tanasa at minus 250. Let's keep it moving on the prelim card. We've got Tom Mearns at plus 170 versus Bailey Gilbert at minus 225. A featherweight bout, 145 pounders. We like Gilbert by round one submission. That is our prediction. Let me pull up these guys, their profile real quickly here. And what we got? What do we got? All right. We've got, uh, here we go. So Tom Mearns, Bailey Gilbert, featherweight bout, 145 pounders. Mr. Mearns is nine and eight overall, three and two in his last five. English fighter. They're both from England, actually. And Mearns is out of blood, sweat, and tears. Five, eight in height. No age listed for him. For Gilbert, he's 23, very young, no height or reach listed for him. He's out of machine MMA. When we have these like gaps in information on tapology, it's not the end of the world. And you could go fishing around on some websites and SureDog and some other stuff will give you those details. We're not taking that deep of a dive into this Cage Warriors card, so forgive us. But my point is this when you see openings on tapology, like something basic like age. It's usually because they are fighting in smaller promotions. They're not on the radar so much. They're not fighting in the Bellators or whatever else. And they're also fighting maybe low level on the prelim card of something like Cage Warriors. Just saying, okay? Um, but it leaves us also in the dark on some things. Like for Tom Mearns, like how old is he? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so Gilbert, 8-4 and four overall. It says he's 5-0 and oh in his last five. Is that a true story? Let me double check. Sometimes that's off on tapology. It is a true story. He has a five-fight winning streak going. That's very nice. Okay. He's also out of New England, Newcastle. I'm sorry, New England. He's out of England, out of Newcastle to be specific. 23 years young, out of machine MMA. Let me just get into it here. My thoughts on these two guys. So we do like Gilbert to win by round one submission. That is our prediction. Gilbert's got a high finish rate. 
All of his pro wins have been into the distance. Seven of those finishes were via submission. When the fight hits the mat, this guy is dangerous. Okay, keep that in mind. Now, Merns is barely above 500, which speaks to his inconsistency. He's below 500 in cage wars. In eight total fights that Merns has had in cage wars, my man's three and five. I mean, not, not a huge deal. I mean, he's one fight away from being 500. It is pretty good competition. But just saying, you know, like the old coach, the old ball coach Dennis Green once said, you know, you are what your record says you are. Or was that Bill Parcells? One of those two famous coaches said that. In this case here, three and five in his last eight fights, I, you know, I mean, I think, I think he is what we, what we see him as, which is inconsistent fighter who can win some, tends to lose more than he's winning at this level. I believe the matchmakers knew exactly what they were doing here. Uh, let's get Bailey a fight that's somewhat winnable, and uh, and they're giving him Tom Mearns. For Mearns, they're keeping him around. He's a bit of a journeyman for them, a gatekeeper for the organization. Puts up a good fight. So give us Bailey Gilbert to win by round one submission. Moving on, Liam Gittens versus Jane Elon Nin Kula Kulmala. So that's Jane Elanin Kulmala. The Elanin Kulmala part of the name is hyphenated. Liam Gittens, featherweight bout, 145 pounders. I don't want to spend much time on this for a few reasons. The main one being, let me pull up their profiles here. The main one being is I'm not seeing this fight listed over, like, for example, on, on certain betting websites. I don't see it listed over on DraftKings. That suggests to me that there's a chance this fight's not going to happen. So just putting that out there. It's a featherweight bout. This guy right here, Jane Elonanen. Elonanen, now I'm adding syllables. Jane Kumala. Is that a tattoo? And if it is, oh my. I would uh, encourage you to take a moment when you have some time to look at his profile picture on Tapology. Just look up. J-A-N-N-E, last name, Kumala. He's a Kumala. Mala means bad in Spanish. He's I'm a cool bad boy. So, yeah, it looks like on his chest, if I'm making it out, it, it says bona fide and then H-K-I. I, I don't know what's going on there. We'll find out more as the fight approaches. But I've, I've become distracted by this guy's purple written tattoo on his chest it's worth a look guys um okay so mr cool mala cool character is 16 11 and one experience is not lacking right almost 30 total fights he's one three and one in his last five he's a finnish fighter you say that very often a finnish fighter he's from finland 33 years old five foot eight height out of a spoon he hi hi how can't see that Jim. <laughs> Liam Gittens goes by the Nightmare, and he is ten and four overall. He's at home in England from Southport, England, to be exact. Five six in height, a little shorter according to Tapology. We have no age listed here for him. Um, so here we go again with these gaps. He's out of Next Generation MMA Liverpool. I believe a pretty good gym there. That Next Gen gym, right? Am I confusing it with the next gen? Maybe in a different part of the world? I could be. Let me get to my notes here. Again, I spent too much time already in this fight. We like Kumala um, to come in here and be competitive. 
Same thing with Gittins. For Kumala, he comes into this fight on a three-fight losing streak. But he's a tough dude. He's going to give you at least some competition, right? Check this out for Kumala. He's won seven and two in his last 10 fights. Lord have mercy. One, seven, and two. For Gittins, meanwhile, he's on a three-fight winning streak where he finished two of those three opponents. So pretty good finish right there. We'll go with Gittins. Inside the distance to win. Gittins to win and fight does not go the full distance would be our betting spot. But again, this fight might not even happen. I have not seen it showing up on the uh, on the radar. Let's move on. Okay, Wesley Maya. Wesley spelled W-E-S-L-L-E-Y. Maya at plus 130 versus Shirzad Quadrion. I'm probably butchering that name. Um, doing the best I can with that. But uh, maybe I'll just call him by uh, Shirzad. Like, hey, man, what's up, Shirzad? So Shirzad versus Wesley Maya. And, of course, you see that last name, Maya, I think. Where is he from? Yeah, he's Brazilian. And Mr. Shirzad, Shirzad excuse me, is from Iran. Bantamweight bout, 135-pounders. We got Wesley Maya goes by Magic. He's 7-5 and five overall, 3-2 and two in his last five. Mentioned before, he's from Brazil. 5-7 in height out of Great Britain top team. So he's actually crossed the pond over there. So he's closer to at least his, his base of operations, if he's still training there. That's if he's still there. As for Shirzad, who goes by the Lion, he is 3-0, undefeated professional fighter out of the United Kingdom currently. So even though he's Iranian, looks like he's, again, based out of you know that part of the world, not too far from his home base. 22 years old, so very young. No height on him uh, and no reach on him. He's out of Diesel Gym in London. Okay, what, what say we about this fight? Uh, Maya by round two submission. That's what we say. That's what we predict here. Maya is making his fifth walk under the Cage Wars promotion. Meanwhile, Mr. Shirzad is making his Cage Wars debut after about an eight-month layoff. It's not a huge layoff, so I don't want to, oh, he's off for a long time. No, no. It's just he hasn't fought very good people. <laughs> and, you know, you need to stay active, you know, keep your tools sharp. I, I think that Maya is a little bit of a step up. Well, no, I know that Maya is a step up in competition for him. He's also more active, and Maya's faced better competition. It's like check, check, check. For those three reasons, I do like Maya here. You see he's lined at plus 130. You're like, okay, what's there to miss out here? So I'm going to put a few bucks out there for Maya, maybe a half unit straight up on him. Um, I like him here. I think he's a step up for Shirzad, and I think he's got what it takes to pull off the win here by submission. From a betting perspective, how about Maya by submission? And fight does not go to the scorecards again maya round two submission that is our prediction let's keep it moving here we're on to taka mahandu versus grant ogborn let me pull up their information here give me one second boys and girls and so we've got two fighters here that are foreign and of course grant ogborn is going to be fighting at home on his home turf I believe in total we have seven fighters on this fight card that are actually fighting, uh, you know, out of England, English fighters. And so that's pretty cool fighting on their home turf. Family, friends get to watch them come and, you know, watch them fight. I mean, so here we go. Taka Mahandu, featherweight bout, 145 pounders versus Grant Ogborn. Nice profile picture for Ogborn. He looks super serious. 
got the tattoo of the <laughs> lady kissing him on his chest. And Taka Mahandu looks like he's ready to fight, happy to fight. He goes by the cat, and Grant goes by Augie. Imagine if Grant went by Doggy. It'd be like the cat and the doggy. Anyway, I got distracted again by these profile pictures. So Taka, the cat, El, El Kitty Cat, two and two overall. So very inexperienced record out of Ireland. Um, and he's of Irish nationality. They do have black people in Ireland. And he is, uh, I mean, probably, I should, <laughs> that sounds so ignorant. What I meant by that is there are people that are not white who are of Irish nationality. In the case of Taka Mahandu, probably sounds like he might be from Africa, could be, and then, you know, sort of transplanted to that part of Europe. And, you know, he's an Irish national. Now, mind you, I wonder if what if he grew up in Ireland and, and speaks straight up with the Irish accent? Oh, I would love to hear that from just somebody of color. It's like a it's like when you hear, you know, a sophisticated African-American looking man who's like from France or something or from like, you know, Great Britain talking with the accent. It's like, oh, my gosh, it's so much different than what you would imagine, because me being a dumb American, I see a black man. I'm thinking they're going to talk like typical English like me i guess right and so you hear that elegant accent you're like oh i'm taking it away so for taka he's from ireland 25 years old very young fighter six foot one in height so got some nice height for this division he'll have a height advantage here over augie 76 inch reach very long arms again for this division don't have a reach here on augie but i imagine he'll have the reach advantage and he's out of team kf martial arts as for augie grant ogborn he's the english fighter out of bristol england he is listed as 2-0, so undefeated, not much pro experience, 28 years old, so also very young. No listed uh, reach for him, but 5'11 for the height. He's out of Olympians. That's the name of the gym here listed on Tapology. Let's get back to my notes here. So here's what we got. We've got Grant, Grant Ogborn, Mr. Augie, by submission. Not sure when, but somewhere in the fight, a submission win for Grant. That's our prediction. Mahandu lost his Cage Warriors debut earlier this year by round one submission. Mahandu has been submitted in two of his last three fights. You see where I'm going with this? For Mr. Ogborn, he doesn't have any submissions on his pro resume. So you're like, oh, what are you talking about, Manny? How's he going to submit this guy? Well, you just go a little back a little further there. Go back to his like amateur record. He does have a handful of submissions. And again, Taka, he's down for the submission game. He's down to get choked out. I'm just joking, but he has been submitted before. I like that as a possibility. So give me Grant Ogborn by submission. From a betting perspective, how about this? Under two and a half rounds, fight does not go the full distance, and then Ogborn inside the distance. I like those three spots. When the lines come out, we'll see what they're priced as, but those would be some spots that we're looking to tackle. One more time, Mr. Grant, Augie Ogborn by submission. Does it in front of the home crowd, gets the people going. They're cheering for their English mate. And for Taka Mahandu, the big cat, he will live to fight another day. All right. Next fight moving up the card is going to be Omil Brown at plus 130. Slight dog versus Jesse Erholen. I'm probably saying that name wrong too. To the best I can, these names, you got to forgive me. Or you can laugh at me. It's it's okay to laugh at me. I don't mind. I, I won't take it personal. I won't get mad at you. <laughs> Omil Brown versus Jesse Erholen. Welterweight bout. 170 pounders. 
Mr. Brown is 5 and 2 overall. He is based out of England. He's 5'11. The guy's in phenomenal shape, by the way. If you haven't seen him fight before, he's, you know, athletically gifted. He's got those genes. He's quick. He's explosive. He's out of Team Renegade BJJ, which is a good gym. Has other good fighters there. So Jesse Erholen is 8-1 overall. A little more pro experience. Another Finnish fighter. He's from Finland. 34 years old. He's 6'1". A little taller here than my man Oatmeal Brown. I always want to say like Oatmeal Brown. <laughs> like I, the Oatmeal, Oatmeal Brown. Like I, just, I don't know why. It's a, it's a nice name. Pretty name. Oatmeal. I shouldn't say pretty. It's a good name. Jeez. Pretty sounds like I'm calling him like soft. Um, anyway. Let me get back to this breakdown here. Uh, I'll get to my notes. I have Brown winning inside the distance. Whoever wins the fight, it's unlikely that it does go the full distance. Both of them have very high finish rates. We're edging Brown because he's faced the better competition. His strength of schedule is better based upon our analysis. But but Jesse's got finishes. He is the minus 175 favorite. The market seems to like him. Um, but we're going to go with Brown here, plus 130. A theme on this card, we have a lot of dogs we're going to be leaning towards, and we're probably going to put together like a vicious like seven, eight-leg parlay with a bunch of these dogs in there and just pray to the gods. Who knows? <laughs> okay, let's move on. Connor Hayes at minus 350, one of the biggest favorites on this card, up against Angus Hewitt. Hewitt. Mr. Hewitt is plus 240. Let me pull up these guys' information right here. Give me a second. And bop, bop, bop. And there it is. So Angus Hewitt, right, versus Connor Hayes. Middleweight bout, 185 pounders. I thought I just saw a bug. Freaked me out, but it wasn't a bug. It was just I'm seeing things. So Angus Hewitt versus Connor Hayes. Middleweight bout, 185 pounders. Angus Hewitt, he's got his name also there in his profile picture, just in case you can't read it under the picture okay it's redundant but you know what i appreciate it it's a nice profile picture he is zero and one okay so contrary to what it says there in that second line that he's four one in his last five fights that that that's not true <laughs> he's zero and one as a professional he's out of lamar nito as a gym we have no age in this guy uh looks like his it could be anywhere from 25 to 30 right that's just a guesstimate, and that photo could be old, so who knows. Connor Hayes, though, we do know this guy. He's a bit of an up-and-comer here in Cage Warriors. The matchmakers know what they're doing here, okay? Even though you see no pro experience here on Mr. Connor Hayes, you pull up the that that you know his profile here. You scroll down. Just go down to that little amateur area, and you see some little, little action. Oh, a lot of green there. A lot of green up in there, buddies. So, yeah, uh, let's get back to the, the the general breakdown here. But you get where I'm going at here. Connor hates the guy that's looking to you know, get him his first pro win, build him up in cage wars. He's from England, 29 years old, out of SX MMA for the gym. Let's give you our notes in this fight. So for Hayes, we like him to win inside the distance. He's currently at minus 350. We like him as a parlay piece. Now, though he's making his pro debut, we mentioned before, amateur experience. He went 8-0 as an amateur with all eight wins by finish. Okay? So the guy's got finishing ability. Granted, I know it's amateur, but he took his time in the scene. He didn't rush it. He's 29. You know, seems to be on that nice, consistent you know, trajectory, right? this music down a little bit what better way to get him though into the cage wars scene than giving him a guy who's 0 and one 
you know, Angus is being basically set up for slaughter, barring some kind of a miracle, and miracles do happen in mixed martial arts. Crazy things do happen. Look at that fight last week with uh, Jack De La Maddalena. Whew, that ended up being such a good fight back and forth. It was a sweat, and he got maybe a gift there. Nonetheless, things happen in mixed martial arts, weird decisions, fluky things, injuries, uh, you name it, cuts. It's all part of the game, right? Fouls, violations, groin shots. But barring something like that, I think Connor Hayes here rolls to victory and should be a safe piece for you if you're looking at that as a parlay piece. Maybe even a parlay piece for the entire weekend. Mix it in there with some UFC stuff, right? Let's move on. Will Curry at minus 450 versus Jorge Bueno at plus 300. Let me pull up these guys, their information here. And we are still in the prelim card. Very stacked card, 15 total fights. So it does take a moment here to, to kind of get through all of these. All right, let's get here to make sure I got the right screen. So Will Curry versus Jorge Bueno, middleweight bout, 185 pounders. This Will Curry kid, man, if this this fighting thing doesn't work out, maybe he should get into like modeling some beach where he's ripped. He's got pretty good looks, seems to have a decent personality. Not that that matters for modeling, but uh, you catch my drift. The guy passes the eyeball test. He's in shredded shape. He goes by Drago. That's an intimidating nickname. Uh, but we do have our concerns about him, and we'll talk about that here in a second. So anyway, Will Curry, 9-3 overall. He is an English fighter, so he's out of London. He'll be right there at home. 24 years young, about to be 25 in a few months, but still a very young prospect, still learning, making big improvements between fights. He's out of Gintis Combat, and he's six foot three in height. That's notable for this fight because you're looking at Jorge Bueno. You see that he's 5'9", according to Tapology. I'm not a mathematician, but that's a difference in height, right? So I believe there will be an advantage there for Curry in some parts of this fight, depending upon where we're at, on the feet or on the ground, that kind of thing. For Jorge Bueno, he's 8-2 and two overall, 2-2-1 two, two in one his last five. Based out of Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, 34 years old, he is uh, a little older, right? 10 years older, and at that point in his career where it's like now or never, right? Can't mess around, can't be playing around or losing fights. He's out of refit pro fighters. Let me jump over to my notes on these two guys here. Give me one second. We like Curry by decision. That is our prediction. Curry's coming off of a disappointing loss in his last fight. If you don't remember, he was, uh, I believe, a slight favorite. At least he was a slight favorite. And he lost against an older fighter who basically outworked him. And so that's just, you know, right there, you're like, oh, come on, man. You know, Will Curry or Young will guest out at times, but then would come back and do some things. Spent way too much time getting controlled with reverse position at the end of the round instead of doing it sooner and, and just really got outworked. And ultimately, he lost a shot at the title, right? Because that was the vacant title that was ended up being won by his opponent. So it was a big opportunity. I think, though, looking back at that fight, he's, he's still so young, making improvements, hopefully improving the cardio. I like him here to look better in this fight. As for Bueno... He's earned finishes in his last two wins, right? So he's two and two in his last four, but last two wins have been finishes. Those two losses, by the way, that he had in his last four fights, those were by decision. So he's pretty tough. He can take a punch. He's from Brazil. He's got the Brazilian genes. He can grapple. The wide money line here doesn't make sense. If you want to play a dog, I think Jorge Bueno might be that dog at plus 300 because there's no reason for him to be that much of a dog. You know, Will Curry showed us in his last fight that he can drop the bag and... Yeah, I mean, look, I just, 
I don't have the more minus four fifty confidence in Curry here. I like him to win. I'm choosing Curry to win by decision, not like a finish. So yeah, I'm a little confused at the line here, and I'm gonna have to take a shot at Bueno some way, shape, or form. So the betting spots we're like here for this fight are gonna be over one point five rounds. Bueno to just win outright at plus three hundred, and then the fight goes to decision. I mean, heck, if you could find some split, split props that are available for Cage Warriors, maybe this one also goes to possibly a split decision. I could see it being close, but that minus 450 on Will Curry might be the trap of the card. Might find a lot of people that have not seen him fight before who are unaware of like his positives and negatives and just whatever else. They might dump him into parlays without thinking twice, and that could be dangerous. Let's move on. Next fight, Harry Hardwick, minus 400 versus Vitor Estevam at plus 275. So another big favorite, even a bigger one, Harry Harwick at minus 400. Let me pull up his profile real quickly here. Up against the Brazilian. My gosh, you know, there's so many Brazilian fighters, right? That nation, they just produce freaking fighters. Harry Harwick versus Vitor Estevam. Featherweight bout, 145 pounders. And before we go any further, we'll tell you we do like Hardwick to win by decision. Uh, that is our prediction. And uh, give me a second here. Back to their profiles there. Okay, my notes. Um, oh, let me read the, the, de the details in these two guys, right? So Harwick's 9-3-1 and one overall, 4-0-1 four and, four, zero and one in his last five out of the UK. And he's out of Mills Middlesbrough Fight Academy, 5-10 in height. As for Vitor Estevam, 6-0, and oh, undefeated, very impressive, based out of Rio de Janeiro. Brazil, about to be 31 years old, and he's five foot nine height out of Team Nugera, which is a very good gym down in Brazil. My notes. What do I have here? My notes. Hardwick by decision is the prediction. We respect that Estevam's got an undefeated record, but the reality is he hasn't fought many good fighters along that way. That's to put it nicely. This will mark his first fight in the promotion for Cage Warriors, which probably a step up in competition for him, right? On the flip side, this will be the fifth fight in Cage Warriors for Hardwick. Hardwick has faced tougher competition, has the better overall strength of schedule. He's also the more active fighter. Hardwick fights about twice per year compared to about once a year for Esteban. Here's what we like from a betting perspective. The fight goes over 1.5 rounds. The fight does go to decision and Hardwick to win outright. I think Hardwick here at minus 400 is a safe parlay piece. We'll be throwing him into some parlay action. And that was your last fight on the prelim card for Cage Warriors 157 coming up this Friday. And again, check your clocks, guys. It's Friday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern time, New York City time uh, for us is when the fight's going to be kicking off for prelim. That would be 9.30 a.m. out in California. If you're in Hawaii, I think it's, isn't it eight hours or so? I don't know. It's It's a long way difference. Let's move on to this main card. Main card first fight will be Matthias Malta versus Luke Riley. Malta's the plus 300 underdog. You've got Riley at minus 400. We like Riley here to win by decision. Let me pull up their profiles. Give me one second here. And of course, you've got Mr. Matthias Malta. Guess where he's from? Oh my gosh. Shocker. He's from Brazil. <laughs> And of course, Riley's from England. So the English fighters, it makes sense. You know, you're having an event in England, but it just shows you again. Like when it comes to like which country produces the most fighters, there is no second. I mean, there, there is no comp competing. It's Brazil. 
I don't know who's a close second here, but Brazil produces so many damn fighters. It's incredible. All right, so featherweight bout, 145-pounders. Luke Riley, the English fighter, is 6-0, undefeated. Very impressive. He's 24 years young. Young guy. Five foot nine and a half out of next generation MMA Liverpool. Up against a 27-year-old Brazilian Malta, who's 10-3 overall, 4-1 his last five. Five foot seven, slightly shorter than Mr. Riley. And for Malta, he's out of Nova Uniao. Very good gym down in Brazil. Here's my notes here. We like Riley by decision. That is our prediction. At first glance, we were inclined to take Riley by round one knockout. His resume says it all. But Malta's no chump. Malta has never been finished in the face of competition. He's never been finished, and he's faced good competition. Okay. Malta lost a decision to Rafael Estevam in 2017. Estevam is 11-0 with a decision win on a contender series last year. I'm not sure if he's in the UFC yet for Estevam, but it gives you an idea of the guy that he lost to, and it was by decision. All three of Malta's defeats were against good opponents with winning records, and Malta has never been finished. Again. For Riley, he's 10-0 when you factor in his amateur record. His resume is impressive, but what we can't say much about is the strength of schedule, right? The strength of schedule has been a little bit wacky. And for example, his last three opponents, two and one, six and six, two and three. Uh, I think Malta is a small step up than those guys. Not a huge step up, but it is a, it's a good test here for, for Luke Riley. All that said, I think Riley's going to be too much for Malta and probably gets the win. But here's a sneaky dog to keep an eye on here. I, I'm not going to be parlaying Luke Riley at minus 400. I think that's another trap. And I think Malta can come in here and just, just be Brazilian enough, tough enough, make it a bit ugly. And again, consider Luke Riley has fought the last three guys, two and one, six and six, and two and three. That's not much of a test. It doesn't give us a good measure of what he's capable of or not capable of. Capable of excuse me. Let's move on. Next fight in the main card. Daniel Skabinski, minus 180 versus Madars Flaminis at plus 120. And Skabinski, if you watch any cage words, that's a name you're going to, oh, I recognize the guy. He's been there for a few a few fights. He came over from, I don't know what promotion was he over at before. I thought he was over at KSW, and I looked it up, and he wasn't at KSW, but it's not relevant. The point is, Daniel Skabinski is a welterweight. We've got Madars Flaminis. 170 pounders, and Mr. Flaminis is from Latvia. Shout out to the Latvian MA scene. They're producing more and more fighters. For Skabinski, goes by Skiba. He's 19 and 8 overall. He's 2 and 3 in his last five. A little bit of a tough stretch. He's a Polish fighter, 32 years old, 5'11 with a 71.7 inch reach out of Ankos MMA Poznan. As for his opponent here, Mr. Madars Flaminis, 11 and 4 overall, 3 and 2 in his last five. Based out of England currently, but he is of uh, he is from Latvia. He's 35 years old, so you get a little long in the tooth here. Three years older than Daniel Skabinski. And for Flaminas, he's out of Bateman MMA. No reach number on him. He's six foot two in height. Skabinski's not super tall, so he's used to fighting guys a little taller than him. And Flaminas will have a little more length and be the taller fighter. All right. What do we have for our notes here? So Flaminas by decision, that is our prediction. I will say this. <laughs> My wife's side of the family has has people that are in Latvia. So I'm a little biased. I got I'm a little biased. Probably don't want to take my my uh, my opinions on this fight too uh too seriously. I'll give you the facts. I'll tell you where I stand. Flaminas by decision. 
Flaminius is a product of the growing MA scene in Europe. Latvia is known for their rich Eastern tradition, good food, Soviet roots. They're starting to produce those some legit MA fighters. Matter of fact, Flaminius is not alone. This guy, Cheezoff, I'm not sure if you heard of this guy. Cheezoff is currently in the PFL Europe scene. The guys, I think, undefeated, looks very good, fought about two weeks ago, got another win. Matter of fact, he didn't look great two weeks ago. He got a draw. <laughs> but anyway, they're producing more fighters. The scene is growing there in, in Latvia. Flaminis isn't much of a finisher, though. Yet he does know what it takes to win the scorecards. Three of his last five wins have been by way of finish. We doubt his finishing skills will transfer as he moves up in competition. So he does have a few finishes early on in his career. Recently, not so much. Now for Skabinski, Skiba. He's a bit of an MMA veteran with experience all over the world. This will mark his fourth fight under the Cage Warriors banner. He's currently 2-1 in Cage Warriors. He struggles with endurance at times, and he needs to be mindful of managing his energy level and not overdoing it, right? The key to success for Skiba is getting takedowns and securing position control. In top position, he could accomplish two big things. Recharge his gas tank, not overdo it, and also stay in control time, earn some points, right? The betting spots like for this fight are going to be this. The fight starts round number two. Skabinski inside the distance and Flaminas to win. And again, we like Flaminas to win by decision. That is our prediction. He's plus 120. Another dog we like here. Let's move on. Morgan Sharir. I'm probably killing that name, but Morgan Sharir at minus 200 versus Diego Silva at plus 170. So Morgan's the favorite almost two to one here. It's a featherweight bout, 145 pounders. We like Sharir to win. Morgan Sharir, that is. But we like him to win by a very close margin. We have him winning by a split decision. We'll get to that in just a second. Let me pull up their profiles. Give me one second here. Morgan Sharir, who's who's from France. So if I was saying it correctly, it would probably sound Sharir, something amazing that I'm not capable of pronouncing because I'm not from the, the land of French. <laughs> Just being funny. Love to my French brothers out there. So Morgan versus Diego Silva, featherweight bout, 145 pounders. My man over here, Morgan Sharir, who goes with the last Pirate, 17-9-1 overall, 3-2 in his last five. He's out of France, 27 years old, 5-7 in height. He's out of Team Chapa Cuente. As for his opponent over here, Diego Silva, guess where he's from? Brazil. 15 and 8 overall, 3 to his last five out of Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, to be specific. He's 29 years old, 29 years young. These guys are both very young, 27, 29, right? 5, 7 in height with a 69 inch reach. So height and reach wise, uh, well, reach wise, we don't have a number here on Morgan, but I assume it's it's similar. They're both about the same height. And for Diego, trains out of Fusion XL performance, a very good gym. Very good gym. Let me go over my notes here with you guys. We like Morgan Sharir by split decision. That is our prediction. If you know anything about this guy, Morgan, you know he goes to very close decisions. He does so very often. <laughs> He's been a split or a majority decision in six, six of his last 11 fights. I mean, you couldn't script that. He's going to split decision more than half the time. His lack of finishing ability and even the fighting style not being decisive. He fights like uh, this guy Munoz who just fought. Andre Munoz just fought recently. And just doesn't put, you know, doesn't put the pedal to the metal at times. Leaves things just too open. What ends up happening is it leaves a bunch of room for interpretation from the judges. And at that point, we end up in like, you know, no man's land, right? We think the style he fights at is definitely a contributing factor to why he's going to split decisions. Anyway, um, Silva, 
has also been a split decision in two of his last three fights. <laughs> so here we go. Diego's going to splits. This guy Morgan's going to splits. I think we see a split, and it's because of the way they fight. I'm sorry. It's it's indicative of their fighting style. Now, combine these two guys have been a decision in 12 of their last 17 bouts. Now, there's obviously five finishes there, right? And some of those were them getting finished themselves. So finishing ability is not high for either guy. This bout seems destined for the scorecards. Definitely the over should hit. Going to round three, the fight going to decision. The spots like from a betting perspective are going to be the fight going over 2.5 rounds. Fight goes to decision. My man Morgan Shire by split decision and then Silva by split will sprinkle both sides if the props become available. They may not become available. If they're not available, we can't bet them. Anyway, we're going again. Morgan Shire by decision. That is our prediction. We are up to the co-main event. Jordan Vucinich. Vucinich. I think it's Vucinich. Minus 650. Biggest favor on the card up against Bryce Picoud. Let me go ahead here and pull up these guys' uh, information. Again, this is a co-main event, not a championship fight. There is one title fight on this card. And it's the last fight, not this one. Okay, so let me pull these guys up here. So Jordan Vucinich versus Bry Bryce Picoud. It's a featherweight bout, 145 pounders. And Jordan sticks out to me because he is very tatted up. And as soon as I saw his name popped up, I'm like, oh, I do remember this guy. He's pretty good, but it's like it's hard to put your finger on it without sounding rude, but he's got some deficiencies in his game. And, and there are times when you're like, oh, damn, dude. Um, I mean, you look like Tarzan, but you're fighting like Jane, <laughs> if that makes any sense, like not putting it all together. But um, let me go to the details of these two guys. So Jordan, who goes by the epidemic, is 10-2 and two overall. He's 4-1 in his last five, based out of England, 27 years old, 5'9 in height with a 72-inch reach. He's out of blood, sweat, and tears. About three or four fighters in his card are out of that same gym. That's pretty cool. For Bryce Picoud, who goes by the Lion Kid, he's 13-8 and eight overall. He's 4-1 in his last five. Again, based out of France, 34 years old. So a little long in the tooth here at, at for a featherweight, right? So he's kind of getting to those last few years of his career. And you imagine the youth will be on the side of, of Jordan. And then for the French fighter here, Bryce, he's out of Lion Fight Gym. So Lion Fight Gym, and he goes by Lion Kid. Okay. Gotcha, buddy. Um... Vucinich by split decision is the prediction. So here we go with splits again. And why are we saying this? Well, we'll explain in a second here. Pacout is a live underdog. At plus 400, here's a spot you're going to want to consider. I mean, you know, you put 15, 20 bucks on this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's some lunch money. And you'd be surprised. You wake up in the morning like, oh, shit, I forgot I placed that bet on this Bryce Pacout guy. He pulled it off. Look, Jordan Vucinich is probably the better fighter. I, I know I'm saying kind of weird. Like, I guess he's the better fighter, but he ain't no minus 650 better. Hell no. No, 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 no. That 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 line is completely inflated. And I would say this. Over the course of this entire car, we've got a few minus 400s, minus 350, this minus 650. I'm willing to say one of those spots for sure caves. Someone there Fs it up, right? This is not easy like money where you just go and parlay all the big favorites, four or five favorites, and just make money. If it was that simple, everyone would gamble on mixed martial arts. One of these guys that's a big favorite is going to buckle. <laughs> and Jordan Vucinich, is, if he was minus 450, if he was minus 300, I still would be saying, hey, man, there's some money here on the, on, the, on the positive side or the plus money side. So 
just putting it out there, I'm not doubting Jordan Vucinich. I just think this line is outrageous and there's now. Pacowd, pretty live underdog, we're thinking. The main line is overblown a little bit. We think Vucinich has a tendency to go to close decisions, right? And also fight down to his competition. Vucinich has been to a split decision in three of his last six fights. And if you go back and look at the resume there, he went to split decision three times in a row at one point. My goodness. It's like, it's almost impossible. When you see that, you're thinking, why is that happening? He lets his foot off the gas. He gets tired. He has a good round, then a bad round. He can get taken down. He can be controlled. It's never clean with him. Well, not unless he's finishing his opponent, right? But I'll tell you this. We wouldn't be surprised in the very least if this fight ends up just being very close and nowhere near what this minus 650 look like. So minus 650 looks like. Be careful with this. Don't parlay Vucinich at minus 650. Instead, consider these, these spots right here. The fight going over two and a half rounds. The fight goes to decision. Vucinich by split decision and Picard by split. I like those spots even better. I would definitely not touch Vucinich at minus 650. The play will come in at some point. At least we'll do something here with Picard, just maybe straight up at plus 400. Okay. And again, the pick is going to be Vucinich by decision, specifically by split decision. Moving on to the main card. The main, I'm sorry, main card. Moving up to the main event. Mick Stanton at minus 150 versus James Webb at plus 110. And this is a rematch of a fight that happened about three years ago, 2020. We'll talk about that fight in just a moment. We like Stanton to win this fight by decision. But man, I am, oh, that's a tough one. And I'm a little bit torn in this fight. I've gone back and forth. I'm going to go with Stanton for now. I feel like the, the, the old guy is kind of at his. Kind of like a resurgence, right? If you know anything about Stanton, he had a bit of a rough run there for a minute and then now has like bounced back and he is the title holder. He's the middleweight champion there in Cage Wars. He's got the belt. That was a vacant belt that he won in his last fight over Curry, right? So he's a title holder right now. He's looking to defend his belt against Mr. Webb. There are details. Mr. Stanton, who goes by the heightened hammer, is 11 and 7 overall. So you see the records like, yeah, yeah. Kind of like almost 500, right? 4-1, though, in his last five. So he's winning fights right now. He's out of Liverpool, England. The fans do love him. He's a rugged-looking guy. Looks like he's you know, a tough guy, a man's man. 36 years old, so not terribly old. Only three years older than James Webb. When you watch Stanton, though, do his work, he gets sweaty and kind of looks like he's, you know, weathered. <laughs> it looks like a guy who's looking a, look a little older than 36, put it that way. He's 5'11", with a 74-inch reach. He's 5'11 with 74-inch reach, and he's out of Atherton Submission Wrestling. As for James Webb, a little taller here at 6'1". No reach number on him, but I would imagine he's going to have a reach advantage as well. If you know Nick, Mick, I mean Stan, he's a little bit more stockier of a guy. For James Webb, out of Dublin, Ireland, but now his nationality is England. So both guys are English fighters. The fans are going to love this. He's 33 years old. We talked about that before. 9-4-1 overall for a record for Webb, and he's 3-2 in his last five. So these guys fought years ago, 2020, and believe it or not, Webb won that fight. But here we have Webb at plus 110. So for some reason, a guy who won the, the first match is right now listed as a slight dog, and you got Stanton at minus 150. Not really sure if that if that first fight matters a lot now because it was three years ago, um, but it's always in the back of the head, right? So someone like Stanton, he knows, hey, listen, I did lose the fight to this guy last time. I'm now three years older, and Webb's kind of in the prime of his career. 
if Webb could beat him again, I mean, this would be the chance, right? I think it's going to be actually easier for Webb to beat him this time than it might have been back then. But Stanton, again, has kind of evolved a little bit here and kind of like a resurgence in his career. Anyway, nonetheless, that fight was in 2020, three years ago, and Webb won that fight by decision. So if you like Webb to win this fight, you're pointing that to, to that initial fight and saying, look, he knows what it takes to beat this guy. He's beaten him before. Yeah, he can go the full distance. Uh, he could survive and not get finished. All those different things, right? But we still like Stanton to win by decision. For Stanton, he's got high fighter IQ. He's determined. Like, he just got that extra little bit of dog in him. You can't measure that, but when you watch him fight, it's not pretty sometimes. He just has that dog in him. He'll do whatever it takes. It might be ugly. It might get sloppy. There might be some control time, but he does what it takes. At 36 years old, he's on the verge of aging out. We do have to acknowledge the fact that as a middleweight, it's probably two years, three at the most, and we're packing it in, right? In his defense, though, the dude is showing no signs of slowing down. He's focusing more now than ever in his career. He's trying to defend his title, extend his winning streak. I mean, he's got all the cards in the right places here, right? But the big thing for him has been consistency. That's been his Achilles heel over the course of his career. So, for example, look at this. Since 2020, when he lost that fight to James Webb, right? Since that time to now, he's been five and six, if you include his grappling bouts. Those two losses for grappling. So that would have been now five and five and four, if you don't include them. So he's a 500 level fighter over the last, you know, few years. And now recently caught a few wins, caught fire. Will that come back to catch up with him again? Like the Achilles heel of him being inconsistent and starting to drop fights. He's 11 and nine overall, right? At one point he was below 500. As for Webb, this will mark his 13th fight with Cage Warriors. So very experienced Cage Warriors fighter, uh, uh, definitely a veteran of the promotion. He's into, he's coming off this bout. He's coming into this bout off of a decision win. Prior to that, he suffered back-to-back -back knockout losses. Yeah, that's a red flag, right? So two fights ago, three fights ago, got knocked out both times. And they were both within the first two rounds, I believe. Webb has been KO'd in three of his last six fights. Oh, yeah, that's that's a problem, man. Like, durability is an issue. It's not something to be played around with. It's it's a genuine red flag. It's like not being very active. In the case of Webb, for whatever reason, my man's having a hard time finishing fights when he loses. So again, half of his last six fights, half of his last six fights, my man's gotten knocked out. And so we have justifiable concerns about his durability. If Webb is getting chin checked by average fighters in the regional scene of the cage warrior scene type of thing, how how would he ever be able to move up? I feel like he's at his his, his crescendo, his peak. There's no more beyond this. I don't think Webb can go to the UFC or Pel or Bellator or PFL and actually make a, make a move there because that chin is fragile. I believe Cage Warriors is his pinnacle. And now it's the opportunity. I mean, if he gets this belt, he's at the mountaintop. I could see it happening. He seems like a very nice guy. Nothing against him. I do think Stan, though, old man Stan, <laughs> crafty man Stan, you know, like a mechanic out there, pulls off the things he's got to do to win the fight. And if he were to crack Webb, or submit Webb, or finish Webb, I'm not surprised because, again, half of his last six fights, Webb's been finished. Again, 2023 years ago, Webb won the first match. Here's the rematch. The betting spots for this fight are going to be pretty simple. The fight starts round number three. It's a five-round fight. 
fight goes the full distance and Stanton by decision. If you like chasing split decision props, here's one maybe to consider. Five rounds, the more rounds you give judges, the more <laughs> discrepancy we tend to have. The crowd's going to be all jacked up. Both fighters are of English descent, so they're getting, you know, they're getting both guys that they want to have in there type of thing, you know. They're going to be excited, as they should be. And so uh, we think that the old man, Mick Stanton, is and still uh, champion. And uh, that would be an amazing moment for him because, look, at this point in his career, I don't know how many more fights he's got left. I don't know how many years he's got left in that career, but it's not a ton. <laughs> I would imagine, you know, time is time is ticking. Time is of the essence. Well, there you go, boys and girls. That is your full card breakdown and predictions. Your predicted outcomes for all these 15 fights. I did acknowledge before we get to this breakdown that some fights didn't touch them very heavily. A lot of unknowns. You've got fighters in here that have only fought a few fights. You got one guy in this card who's making his pro debut. So we got to, you know, tread carefully here. I think when our tip sheet comes out, as you'll see, we'll maybe do something in the range of four or five units, maybe something like that in total for the action that we'll have in this, in this car for Friday. Um, because again, I'll tell you what, those big favorites, right? Jordan Vucinich. Um, Luke Riley. Those two in the main card. Be careful of them. I think Harry Hardwick is, is actually safe. He's minus 400. I think he, listen, I say that he's safe, but I guess he's got to be on that list, right? He's minus 400. Curry minus 450. Um, you know, Connor Hayes is three minus three fifty. But if I had to make the argument that I think these certain guys are, are safer than others, I do think Connor Hayes is safe. Remember, he's the guy who's coming in against a zero and one guy. He's zero and zero as a pro, but eight and zero as, as an amateur. Clearly, they're trying to build him up. I think Connor gets that win there. Uh, Curry, that's I don't like that minus four fifty price tag. Be very careful with that fight. It's a full on trap. Harry Harwick, I do like him, but I think there's room there as well for him to. To drop the ball. Uh, Luke Riley, for sure. Malta and him, I, yeah, just just super careful there. And then, of course, the last one we talked about was the the, the Vucic fight, minus 650. Let me pull up something real quickly here. Um, let me see something here. So, again, times 12.30 p.m. Eastern time on Friday, the 21st of, of uh, July. It'll be broadcast live on UFC Fight Pass. It's being held in London at the O2 Arena same location that'll be hosting the ufc fight night event the next uh, night a reminder for those who are still listening you can get access to this excel sheet here this one's not fully populated because we didn't do the full like rating analysis for experience and stuff like that but i can give you a, a little sample of what it looks like over on like for example for ufc fight night for ufc fight night london that card uh the Excel sheet looks like this because it's been um, it's been fully populated and it has all of our analysis. It has a little more detail in terms of our uh, our, our prop bets we'll be looking at. Now the prices are not out yet, so that we can't we don't have them in here, but they will be populated in here throughout the week. These main lines right here on the left are fairly accurate right here. That column that's fairly accurate up to like. The last few hours we tend to update that throughout the week as well and so this excel sheet also has a valuable resource in it all the way to the right side over here 
those are links to prior fights as part of our free film library this is a shared folder on google drive you can't edit the folder but you can access it you can download it you can save it and then edit it if you wanted to um but it gives you our picks there's some color coding here there's some different things red boxes orange boxes uh if you look up on top here there's a little handy dandy scale and a key and stuff and it tells you what we're doing here what these numbers all mean what the blue it means and, and so on and so forth but back to this one here for cage warriors you see there is no rating in here a little less analysis what we do have over here on the right side is there are some links for prior fights that's pretty cool saves you some time from researching links for prior fights and almost all those are youtube so pretty easy to pull up and look at and then you see sort of uh, the numbers we have, right? So wins, losses, that kind of thing, their age, uh, some props that we like for each fight, and um, and then the picks of who we have to win. So like right here, for example, we didn't even have those populated yet because we were still talking to ourselves about who we're going to have winning here. But we do like, uh, oh, we do like Riley. What am I doing here? We just not very, not very confident. Especially that price tag is wild. But anyway, we have our picks in here. Who we have to win and some resources for you guys to check out that is available via our newsletter so now's a good time to remind you guys subscribe to our newsletter it's super duper cool super awesome it's there's a free version and a paid version either way do that and you'll get access to that excel sheet for each of the fight breakdowns we do or each of the fight car breakdowns that we do here are your swift picks for cage warriors 157 first fight tom creasy by decision over andrew sanchez George Tanasa by submission over Wesley Machado. Bailey Gilbert by round one submission over Tom Mearns. Liam Gittins to win into the distance over Kumala. Wesley Maya by round two submission over Shirzad Quadrian, the Iranian fighter. Grant Agi Ogborn to win by submission over Taka Mahandu. Emil Brown to win into the distance over Jesse Urhalen. Connor Hayes into the distance over Angus Hewitt. We like Will Curry by decision over Jorge Bueno. Harry Harwick by decision over Vitor Estevam. Moving up to the main card, we like Luke Riley by decision over Matthias Malta. Madars Flaminis, the Latvian fighter, to win over Daniel Skabinski by decision. Morgan Sharir, the French fighter, to win by split decision over Diego Silva. Co-main event, we're going to take Jordan Vucinich to win by split decision. In the main event, we're going to go with Mick Stanton to be and still by winning by decision over James Webb. Those are your swift picks for Cage Warriors 57. I want to thank you guys for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the breakdown. If you're playing some Cage Warriors action this week, I wish you the nothing but the best of luck. If you're not playing any action, just want to watch the fights coming up on Friday. Again, available on UFC's uh, Fight Pass Network. And uh, that'll be playing around 12.30 p.m. on Friday. Most people probably be still at work doing something in the middle of the damn day. And if you're West Coast, yeah, you're just kind of waking up and starting your day. Maybe just getting to your office. Uh, very odd times. But if you're over in London... It's evening time. You're loving it. You know, hammering back some beers, having a good time. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to look at our newsletter. That link is down below. Follow us on Discord. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. We put content up all over the place, and your support is it's needed. We need your support. So if you like this video, like the content. If you just like the sound of my, my voice talking about mixed martial arts, do us the favor of liking, subscribing sharing our content, and maybe signing up for our handy-dandy newsletter. We'll see you guys soon. Deuces.